Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. With free agency, you know, kind of slowing down, a lot of the big names are off the board. I thought this would be a solid time to go back through and update my 2022 positional rankings. So in today's video, I'm going to be going through my top 12 running backs. I could have done more like top 18, top 24, but I feel like a lot of those running backs in the RB2 range are guys who can be affected by the draft or some of these lesser tier free agents. Whereas most of the guys in the top 12 are pretty locked in. They're probably not going to have a ton of competition left. And I thought the running back position was a solid place to start because most of the top guys are already off, you know, signed by teams in free agency. The only player that I think could drastically affect these rankings is Melvin Gordon. And I'll talk about him later. Not that he'd be on the list, but he is going to affect one Javante Williams, who we are going to hear about later on. But so top 12, basically my RB1s right now. And while you guys are watching, you know, I feel like at this point in the offseason, rankings are going to be all over the place. There are so many other moves that are going to happen this offseason. We've still got some free agents out there. We've got the draft. There are going to be injuries, you know, all sorts of stuff. So these rankings are definitely going to be very pliable throughout the offseason. So if you think one guy's ranked too high or too low, you know, don't get too caught up in that. But I do want to hear which players you guys think should be higher or lower. You know, these are going to be evolving. So let me know down below. You know, give me your reasoning and then I'll get back to every single person who comments. But let's jump into the rankings. Starting it off here at number one, I feel like this is probably going to be the general consensus. And that is Jonathan Taylor here at number one. Just a really great all around option at the running back position. We know he's dominant on the ground. He went out, rushed for over 1,800 yards last season. And then he's solid in the receiving game. He doesn't have that elite upside, but 40 receptions for 360 yards and two touchdowns through the air. Very, very solid. And then now he's moving on from Carson Wentz. We've got Matt Ryan coming in. And I think that could just give this offense an extra boost, which is only going to benefit Jonathan Taylor moving forward. At number two, this is where I have Christian McCaffrey. And if you're drafting CMC, you're definitely going for the high risk high reward play. It's true he has struggled to stay on the field the past two seasons. He has only played in 10 total games over the past two years. So that's the risky part, right? If your first round pick goes down, you're going to have a really tough time winning that championship. You know, the rest of your drafts or, you know, your waiver pickups, your trades have to be pretty spot on to overcome that. But I'm kind of willing to bet here with McCaffrey that he has just gotten unlucky with these injuries. You know, it can happen. His first three years in the NFL, he basically dealt with no injuries. And then even when he's missed, you know, these games, he hasn't had any serious injuries and he has played well, you know, returning from them. It's not like he gets injured. He comes back, underperforms. He comes back and he looks like the same old Christian McCaffrey. He just keeps having these little, you know, nicks that happen to him. Very unfortunate. But when we're looking at the ceiling of any running back, I mean, CMC has the highest ceiling by far. I mean, the man averaged 29.4 points per game over a full 16-game season. Like, there is not another running back in the league that can do that right now. I believe Christian McCaffrey still has that potential in him. And if he does stay healthy, he is just going to provide such a massive positional advantage. Like, another running back could have a monster season, average 24 points per game, and Christian McCaffrey could have like a 5-point-per-game advantage over them. That is pretty much unheard of at the running back position. So if you did want to take McCaffrey at the 101, I really wouldn't blame you, but I do think most people are going to opt for Jonathan Taylor. 
Now at number three, this is where I have Derrick Henry. And this was a really tough call between Henry and Austin Eckler. But just looking back at Derrick Henry's last season, he played in eight games, averaged 24.2 points per game. And this was his first season where he missed more than one game. So he was one of these guys that was viewed as basically being like indestructible. He was always on the field, did get injured, but he returned for the playoffs. What I liked out of Derrick Henry is that we did see an increase in his receiving work. Nothing wild, but in those eight games, he caught 18 passes for 154 yards. He's still going to be the focal point of this Titans offense. I think their offense as a whole has improved. So he's going to be a solid, you know, high end running back one. And then I already mentioned him at number four. This is where I have Austin Eckler, just a top tier RB1, a great dual threat back. And he's going to be playing on a high scoring Chargers offense. That offense is once again going to be explosive. And something that kind of gets, you know, I feel like not talked about a ton in terms of fantasy. Everyone loves to talk about, you know, how aggressive Staley is as a head coach, going forward on fourth downs, not kicking field goals. And, you know, you can like it, dislike it, whatever. But for fantasy, it is fantastic for Austin Eckler because if they get the ball down on the one, on the two, on the three, and it's fourth down, you know, kicking the field goal does absolutely nothing for Austin Eckler. But if they're going to be aggressive and going for it, that's going to produce extra touchdowns, you know, extra opportunities for Austin Eckler or just extending drives, you know, at the 50 the 40 yard line. So good to see there. If Eckler plays a full 17 game season, I think he has a great shot at getting 200 plus carries and 100 plus targets. He averaged 21 and a half points per game last season. I don't really see why he can't finish in the same range in 2022. At number five, this is where I've got Dalvin Cook. And overall, you know, I'd say he had a fairly disappointing 2021 fantasy season. He finished as the RB11 in points per game. He was pretty consistently being drafted as the running back two behind Christian McCaffrey. But just looking at his overall numbers, he really didn't have a bad season. He just had poor touchdown luck, only got into the end zone six times in 13 games, despite receiving 298 opportunities. It looks like the Vikings are going to be running back with a very similar offense to last season. So once again, I think Cook has that high end RB1 potential, you know, as long as he gets you know, at least decently fortunate with those touchdowns. Here at number six, I feel like we have a little bit of a tear break. And this is where I have Joe Mixon. And honestly, you know, I think arguments could be made for a few different players here at this number six spot. He had a fantastic season in 2021. He was the RB7 in points per game. He was someone that I was heavily targeting, you know, in that like early second, mid second range. I had a ton of shares of Joe Mixon. And, you know, his situation has only improved. He had solid receiving production last year, but most of his points did come from that rushing volume. And the offensive line was definitely a big issue for the Cincinnati Bengals. They've gone out in free agency, made some big time upgrades. They signed Alex Kappa and Lyle Collins. Those are two huge upgrades. And so I don't really see why Joe Mixon's workload would fall off. And if anything, I think he has the potential to earn more third down work. You know, the main criticism last year against the Bengals was that Zach Taylor did not use Mixon on third downs and in the two-minute drill. So even if he doesn't get that, you know, opportunity, he may not have that elite ceiling. But if he can unlock more of that receiving work, I mean, he has the potential to be a top three running back in points per game. Moving on to a player who did see that three-down workload last year. At number seven, this is where I have Leonard Fournette. I feel like I'm probably going to be higher than consensus on Fournette here at number seven. 
but I really feel like this is a warranted ranking. He's back with the Bucks, you know, locked up for three years with them. Last season, he was the RB4 in points per game, and he was just used heavily in the receiving game and in the red zone. He was third in targets, receptions, and red zone touches. So he's really getting all of the valuable opportunities. And this Bucks offense is going to be elite again. So those red zone touches really matter. And so far, they have not brought in competition for Fournette. They've got Keyshawn Vaughn on the depth chart. He's nothing special. I do think they could go out and bring in like a third down receiving back. That may bump down Leonard Fournette. But we also saw Giovanni Bernard was on the roster last year. And Fournette was still out there, you know, in plenty of third down situations. So that's something we'll have to monitor. But right now, if they don't bring in, you know, some real competition, he is going to be a fantastic asset in 2022. Now at number eight, we have Najee Harris, and he is very interesting heading into next season. Last year as a rookie, he was the RB8 in points per game. And I mean, this was purely based on volume. His efficiency in the running and receiving game was just absolutely brutal. I don't think it was necessarily his fault. You know, he wasn't fantastic in the advanced rushing metrics, but also just the Steelers had no downfield threat with Big Ben at quarterback. Teams were really able to just press up. And, you know, Big Ben was also just like hitting them on checkdowns where he had like nothing going on, like just hit right at the line of scrimmage. So he wasn't getting help from the quarterback. The Steelers have made improvements to their offensive line. And I guess you could say they've upgraded at quarterback, bringing in Mitch Trubisky. But these have been solid moves, not, you know, massive changes that are really going to upgrade this offense. So I have him here at number eight. And it's just because like with some of these running backs, you do want them to have that elite potential to finish as like the RB2, RB3. And I just don't know if he has that elite upside if he is on a poor offense because he is a solid receiving back, but he's not one of these guys like Christian McCaffrey or Austin Eckler or the player that I have here at number nine, and that is DeAndre Swift. And I think I may be actually underranking DeAndre Swift here, you know, heading into the 2022 season. He finished as the RB10 in points per game last year. And that was like while finishing the season in a limited capacity, I think it was like last three games because he was dealing with an injury. They weren't trying to, you know, give him a crap ton of touches if they're not even in contention. He has that elite receiving upside. The downsides here for DeAndre Swift are that he does split carries with Jamal Williams, and this is just not going to be a good offense. They may be slightly better than last year, but I mean, let's be real. It's not like the Lions are going to have some, you know, even an average offense in 2022. I do think Swift has the potential to be an RB1 on a bad offense, but he's just not going to be able to do it if he is splitting those touches with Jamal Williams. You know, last year, Jamal Williams averaged 12 carries per game. That could not happen if Swift is going to be, you know, like a top five, top four running back in points per game. Now at number 10, this is where I have Alvin Kamara. And I thought it was pretty tough to rank Kamara just because we don't know what is going on with his legal situation. So this is kind of like a placeholder ranking for him, right? Because he could be cleared of everything, totally fine, no suspension. And then I would throw him up in that like five, six range, you know, around Dalvin Cook. But it's also possible he's getting like a four, six game suspension, and then he would definitely have to drop off because that's a big chunk of the season. You know, even though he's not going to be on a great offense, the Saints absolutely fed him last season. So if he isn't suspended, you know, getting the 18 and a half carries and 5.2 targets he saw last year, he will be a very intriguing like mid first round pick. 
Now at number 11, I have Nick Chubb, and it just seems like every year he's just a very safe back-end RB1 option. You know, he may never have that high-end RB1 finish and like half-point PPR or PPR scoring because he does have limited receiving role, but I do think Chubb could be in play for a big 2022 with Deshaun Watson at quarterback. This is likely going to be the best offense he's ever been a part of, and I have seen reports that it's very possible the Browns look to either trade or release Kareem Hunt. And you know, Chubb is probably an RB1 even with Hunt in the building, but if he's able to unlock like a clear workhorse role, obviously they're still probably gonna be utilizing Dearness Johnson, but I still think, you know, he has potential to rise up in these rankings if Kareem Hunt is gone. And now to wrap up these rankings, the top 12, here at number 12, I mentioned him very early on in the video, it is going to be Javante Williams. And this ranking is gonna come down to the rest of the Broncos offseason. I feel like the best case scenario for Javante Williams is that Melvin Gordon leaves to a different team and that kind of unlocks him as the workhorse. If that happens and they don't bring in, you know, one of these other kind of fringe depth running backs, you know, if they bring in some dude who's clearly the backup, fine. But it's also possible they may want to do, you know, somewhat of a committee here again, even if it's a different running back. But if, you know, it happens, Gordon leaves, he's the clear number one, then I mean, he's in range to be in that like RB6 area. But on the other side, if the Broncos re-sign Gordon, you know, maybe he isn't getting the offers he thought he would other places. So maybe he wants to come back on a one-year contract, go for a ring in Denver now that they have Russell Wilson. Then I do think, you know, Javante Williams' value would take a pretty decent hit because he'd likely still be the RB1. But I mean, Melvin Gordon is still plenty effective. Looking back at last year, you know, Melvin Gordon was the RB24 in points per game. Javante was the RB26. So, I mean, he's being drafted as like RB6, RB7 in a lot of best ball leagues. And I feel like, you know, that's under the assumption that Melvin Gordon is gone and they don't bring in competition. But I'm not ready to say that's totally locked up yet because Melvin Gordon is still out there. So if Gordon returns, I could see me dropping Javante Williams out of the top 12. But if Gordon is gone and they don't bring in, you know, one of these other competent backs, then Javante Williams will likely skyrocket up these rankings. But that is going to wrap it up for my top 12. Like I said at the top of the video, if you guys, you know, had different rankings, you thought some players should have been in, maybe you think a guy like Saquon Barkley should be in these rankings. He was definitely close. Maybe a James Conner, Antonio Gibson, players like that, Cam Akers. I know a lot of people like him. Let me know down below in the comment section. It was tough leaving uh, Saquon off, but we just don't know what's happening with this Giants offense. Will he get traded? You know, what's this O-line looking like? So we didn't quite make the cut, but thank you guys so much for tuning in. And I'll be doing this for wide receivers, quarterbacks, and tight ends. I'll probably be putting these videos out like every other day. So stay tuned for those in the next few days. Thank you again, and I'll see you guys in the next one.